I'm not a baseball fan, but I do know that feeling back in 2004, 2007, et cetera, et cetera. And the Sox are going deep in the playoffs and uh, you're getting into later innings of a must-win game and the, uh, the reliever just starts getting hit, just starts getting hit. You're like, all right, we can take a hit. We can get man on first. Oh, Jesus, man on third now. They got a double. You start looking at Grady Little or whoever the manager is at the time, Terry Francona. You start saying, when are you going to pull this guy? When are you going to pull this guy? I feel that way about the transporter chief in this episode for Janeway because <laughs> how many people have to die before Janeway is going to say, this transporter chief has got to get the hell out of here. So we got to get someone in here who knows how to not kill people when they send them through the transporter. That's all I can think about. Rough day yeah. for that lady. Rough day. Yeah, so, she. Can uh, I spoil? She, go ahead, Sean. Can I spoil the? Because it's, it's the woman who's the transporter chief, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, let me spoil something. But uh, she ends up being uh, like a Maki terrorist uh, leader, and she starts to sort of plan a revolt. Mm-hmm. And she becomes like a uh, an enemy that keeps coming back in the future. Well, she they, has this weird uh, <laughs> sexual relationship with Chakotay. They um, started her off. She's not evil. a great character. Well, they started it off yeah. people by having her subterfugely kill uh, everyone who comes on board yeah. the, the show, very, I guess. I wonder very if cavalierly, too. Yeah. <laughs> Janeway doesn't do anything about it. Janeway's like, well, that was a hell of a thing. You killed another person. Yeah. <laughs> Back to it. Back to it. <laughs> they, the, the, the whole, everything about that from the way that Torres was like, so on board to use this woman as just a guinea pig for something that probably wasn't going to work to the fact that she comes back dead and then Janeway's like, well, just throw her in the trash, I guess. <laughs> Be married to one of those rocks out there. We are here, joined by Sean. Hello, Sean. How are you? Hey, long-time listener. Uh, used to be co-host. I, you might know my voice from uh, my podcast with Clay. That's right. But I'm a big Voyager defender. And uh, I've been listening to your episodes, and I'm impressed that you're so uh, positive towards it. Have you seen um, Enterprise? No. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when you uh, were start, you were having a, a poll to see which were you going to start first, Enterprise or Voyager. And I know everyone loves to sort of diss on both of these, but I know that Voyager is probably better than Enterprise. So when you dove into Enterprise, I was like, all right, I think that's a mistake. Yeah. But... Uh, we came, came out I, we came out stronger. Yeah, from I it. could not agree less because I am so happy that we already did Enterprise because I think right. that's a big yeah. part of why this one has come out of the gate so hot for both of us because it's, I don't know, like Enterprise, we've said this a million times, but Enterprise was, it was fine. Uh, but yeah. this just is, you know, scratching that, that Star Trek itch. Yeah, it's a, it's a better show. Yeah. Let's get to <laughs> Emanations. This is the ninth episode of the first season of Star Trek Voyager. It came out on March 13th, 1995, written by Brandon Braga, directed by, I said that because of Enterprise, directed by David Livingston, in-universe date 48623.52371. In this one called Emanations, while investigating mineral deposits on an asteroid, Harry Kim is trapped on an alien planet. Which doesn't, re- which is true, but doesn't really capture the episode, I suppose, in a no, lot of different ways. Not at all. Um, <clears throat> I I like this one. I think this is a good Star Trek example of like I really like the concept and the execution was a little bit lacking by the end of it. Um, it was like the strongest episode that almost bored me to tears <laughs> in a lot of ways. Like <laughs> I thought it was good, 
I thought it was good and I liked what they were doing. And I thought in some ways it was kind of brave in a way that Star Trek doesn't usually get to, especially, um, you know, I stressed about mm. Brandon Braga, but again, where was Brandon Braga, this Brandon Braga for yeah. Enterprise where the episode actually has a point and is about something. Um, I don't know. Uh, we can start with you, Sean, I suppose, about this one being the guest, but I was, I don't think this was a great episode. I don't know if it was a bad episode, but while I was watching it, I was I was kind of impressed by its bravery, and I don't even know if it ends up being all that brave, but I was I was fascinated by what it was choosing to talk about. Yeah, as an uh, an atheist and reformed Catholic, uh, I wonder what this would have what I would have felt if I watched this when I was uh, religious. Um, I feel like a lot of the staff involved is probably not religious, and to do an episode like this, you can tell they want to go all the way, but they've got a lot of the viewers from the Midwest who you know probably don't want that, and you don't want to abandon half of your uh, your viewers. Um, so like the angry, rebellious atheist in me was like, come on, turn it up to 11. Like, let's get these people feel the, the, uh, the tragedy of their own you know, delusions. <laughs> and the part of me is like, eh, why, why do you want to piss off half your viewers? There's a lot of religious people who are going to take it the wrong way or whatever. My big takeaway was how is this not a massive violation of the prime directive on all fronts? It is. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. The minute <laughs> Harry Kim wakes up and he's like, oh shit, I'm in a new culture. He shouldn't say, I'm from Voyager, I'm from a spaceship. Uh, He describes what they think about death. And then after like 20 (laughs) minutes, he finally shuts up, you know? Well, what I thought was interesting is the show's aware of that, right? Like what what I really liked about this episode is that the setup here, which is that it's kind of a prime directive violation in a strange Mm -hmm. way, which is that it's trampling on like death rituals. And Chakotay has that opening thing where he kind of awkwardly explains that he's an Indian and he believes that death rituals are, you know, uh, a sacred thing. thing, The only thing they do with him in this show so far is give him that awful dialogue. Every time a spirituality (laughs) thing comes up, Chakotay's there to talk about it because that's all they know about Native Americans, I guess. That never never changes, honestly. He's like, the criticism on him is he is every Indian ever. He's not a specific (laughs) tribe. He's just like blanket Indian. And it would be, mm-hmm. it is kind of offensive, but the actor is Native American and, you know, it's his choice to work for the show. So it was progressive at the time, but some of it does not age well. He's yeah. he's fine there as a setup for this cause, which is that like, he's like, you know, back when I was out on some planet, I picked up a sacred stone and I'll, I'll never forgive myself for picking up that stone <laughs> and getting rid of it or selling it on eBay or whatever he did. So that they're aware that this is the theme, right? That the, the Voyager is somehow mm-hmm. trampling into a death ritual that they're not aware of. And they do that mm-hmm. well through, in some ways, Harry Kim is okay because Harry Kim gets to the other alien universe and he's like, hey, you know, I'm not from the afterlife. I don't know what you people believe, but that's not me. <laughs> I thought the far more effective scene was when they bring the girl that they've brought back to life and they shoot it. Everyone's staring down on her and they're going, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. (laughs) Could you imagine about like, what if, what if when we die, we immediately come to on an alien exam table? That's like, (laughs) right. That's the most terrifying thing I can think of. (laughs) I thought it was brave. And them shouting, don't be afraid all at once. Right. Just to helpful. The the thing about the episode that I thought was neat was that I liked that idea of Voyager crew st- like st- stamping all over these people's 
beliefs without really recognizing what they're doing because they get there and they're like, what the hell, where am I? And they aren't aware that they're mm-hmm. interfering in a prime directive kind of violation way. I thought that was neat. Um, unfortunately, it doesn't go anywhere, but I don't know what you guys thought about that, Clay, if you thought that that was a, um, a decent starting point or if you thought the episode dipped off of that or whatever you want to talk about there. Well, when it started, uh, I had some serious reservations about this episode <clears throat> because the first thing they encountered was what looked to be an asteroid filled with spider webs, which mm-hmm. said to me, giant space spiders, and I don't want anything to do with that. That would be a big nope for me. I'd immediately go back to the ship. I was but, confused uh, that Chicote they... goes, what is this? It was like, it's clearly spider webs, Chicote. Right. I, don't, I don't know why you need to say <laughs> Well, I, I couldn't tell if that was a what is, what is this that was like hampered by how much money they had to spend on the production, so all yeah. they could afford was the like Hel- Party City cobwebs. Um, oh my God, yeah. Thank you for mentioning that. But, uh, as this got going, I'm just going to jump right to the end. I love this episode. This might be my favorite episode we've watched so far. Well, I thought okay. the the ideas that they were playing with in this episode were really interesting. The uh as soon as they got into the whole concept of it being a prime di- a prime directive story about breaking the news to a culture it has nothing to do with oh we're travelers from the stars they're breaking the news to a culture that their afterlife doesn't exist that's i've never seen that on star trek that's a really interesting idea they kind of hedge their bets a little bit they don't they don't they they give themselves enough room to say that maybe it is an afterlife well see that's actually what i liked about it like i i know where Sean liked that they didn't go all the way uh, that like that they he didn't like that they didn't go all the way I actually did like that they didn't go all the way because I didn't think it was up to the show to make those final decisions so I actually liked how kind of open-ended it was to a certain extent like you I agree with you they, Clay. yeah I agree they put a lot of questions out there and they are not necessarily putting them out there with an intent to answer them and I really was impressed by that. And yeah, I, I agree, Wes. I don't know where this Brandon Braga went to when he <laughs> took over at Enterprise, but Jesus Christ. The two Braga episodes or three or however we've watched so yeah, far have been the like been the best ones. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. If you're a is it against is it against the rules if you find a dead body, can you revive that body and ask that person questions? Or is that that has to be a prime directive uh no no. Well, if you isolate the person, you could. Yeah, yeah. I think if you isolate them, you can. Is what is there? What is the uh, uh, prime directive rule for bringing a body back to life? Like you've, you've uh, exactly uh, you're, you've got this um, technology that they clearly. Well, I mean, maybe they do have it, but they they clearly, for the sake of argument, don't have it. That you can actually revive someone who has died. Um, That's like the most prime directive you could possibly break. And that's actually while right. I, I was kind of, I was a little bit bummed by the Chakotay stuff and how, you know, he was kind of doing the generic native American stuff. I actually didn't mm-hmm. mind it that much at the beginning because the conversation that he has with Harry, I thought was really interesting about yeah. respecting the dead and, and uh, <clears throat> even the thing about desecrating the tomb and all that kind of stuff, because it does play into the rest of the story. And Harry Kim, yeah. 
remembers none of what Chakotay said to him <laughs> and just 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 starts talking as soon as he shows up. Yeah. Well, he, he was just waiting for that yeah. moment to say, can I bring up my idea to the captain and wasn't really paying attention to the story that Chakotay was talking oh, yeah. to him about. Yeah, yeah he, he doesn't remember yeah. a goddamn thing that Chakotay... He might as well just stamp himself. This is the lesson of the episode, young young Harry Kim. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. For me, like if they, I think they could have cleaned it up if Harry Kim fucks up. Maybe they think that they know this culture. Maybe they think this is a culture they've had contact with, a spacefaring culture. So reviving a dead member of a species of a culture that you know maybe isn't so much a prime directive violation. But if it's a culture you've never um, discovered, and this culture has no idea there are other species and planets, whatever, that seems like it's more of a violation. But honestly, it all seems like a violation because, like, who are you to bring someone back to life if they chose to die? And that seems like something that I, the Starfleet would understand. I'd push back because I think the prime directive is about cultural <clears throat> contamination. So if you isolate a person and you bring them back, yeah. there's no harm, no foul, because they're not going to go back and tell people about it. But if you started resurrecting right. them and sending them back through the wormhole to wherever <laughs> they end up, I think that, that that's where right. the, the problem arrives from. You're, so, you're more, than, sorry. more than free to bring people back from the dead as long as you keep them in a dog cage somewhere where they can see no nothing <laughs> around them until they, they die genuinely- from s- secondary natural causes once again. So <clears throat> only revive them if you're going to imprison them forever. Yes. Exactly. That's yeah, totally exactly. fine. Yes. See, what if they had done what if Torres had made the decision to revive her because she wanted answers on where Harry Kim was and Janeway got pissed at her because she's like that's a clear violation of the prime directive. And you had this tension of Janeway wanting to follow the rules and Torres saying, fuck the rules. Hmm. Um, and then you would have a cause for one of the uh, the crew members to have revealed all of this information. And of course, the woman who is rev- revived is horrified. And you still have all the stuff there. But I feel like that cleans up a lot of Prime Directive shit and it builds tension between the Maquis and the crew. Well, so would you would you say that I guess the point would be why would you why not that why would you want to do that but do you think that the focus needs to shift to that from this place because I think what I think a lot what I like about this one is that it kind of avoids the prime directive like being explicitly mentioned by people mm. and it's more right. implied yeah. and I think that Janeway's like Janeway being aware of the problem would is interesting to me because I kind of like the fact that the Voyager crew come across as idiots in this case and that they don't seem to know what they're doing and how far they're mm-hmm. stepping into it as they do this, which is strange, but it's also yeah. the point in a lot of ways is that you can like indirectly or be unaware yeah. of what you're doing. W- yeah. w- would you rather have had the focus on a prime directive issue there? Or do you, or is it, you think it's just because it's yeah. lacking in the, the other... Uh, the other uh, explanation of what the plot is about death and life and rebirth and yeah whatnot. i mean what, what what i just described is a different episode with a different theme like i get it you know i would have taken it, i guess in a different direction but then it would be missing a lot of the parts that that you like um there is that tng episode where Worf's brother is leading these people through the desert and there's all kinds of prime directive stuff talked about there and yes they actually have someone who figures it out and they isolate him and i'm pretty sure that they explicitly describe some of the rules in that episode that should apply to this episode. But mm-hmm. Janeway and all of the crew did not see that episode, apparently. I think they can't send them back. I think that's the problem in that one. They're like, you're stuck yeah. here now, bud. Like, you can't you yep. can't go tell the well, other people about what you did. And then he kills himself in that episode, so. Right. Well, it's, it's, it's funny you say that because I was legitimately shocked that, um, what's her name, Pantera? What the hell's that girl's name? 
That works. Yeah. Is that the one who comes back? The the alien who yeah, comes back? The one that they bring back. I was legitimately yeah. shocked that she died. Uh not only because it's it's kind of clunky <laughs> and um kind of a weird series of events, but just as as her as a character, I was really expecting her to be the one who goes back and kind of because there's there's a Revolution. couple there's, there's basically yeah there's like one big glaring thread that is just really messy it's i i don't even know if i'd call it messy from a story point but it's messy from a um uh damage that harry has done point which is somewhere mm-hmm. on this planet is that guy with the bum leg who has run away who is now understands what's going on about the fact that people aren't when they die they don't go into this thing unless maybe they do and like that's i was surprised that that happened because i was expecting the girl to be that character i thought she was going to go back and be the one like to to kind of have this alternate point of view but now you have this kind of like dangling character who's out there in the world and it it was actually it was a clever way to get kim back to the ship however Mm -hmm. that final scene with kim and janeway when she they kind of like back off a bit and she's like, oh, well, you know, the energy kind of has got this thing and it's and he's like, oh, so they do have an afterlife. And she's like, I don't know who's to say. But <laughs> the first thing I thought of was if I was Kim, I'd be like, oh, my God, that guy. I told him that <laughs> yeah. nothing happened when he died. Oh, no. Oh, no. You know, so yep. it's it's yep. even there, though. It's like I don't mind the messiness of it story wise, because I think that in and of itself is a really interesting situation to be in as far as a character mm-hmm. who's out there with that kind of thing and the new information that Kim has learned and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, the the joke about that guy is his family must really not like him because he can do a desk job or something. He is yeah. not, he's not, he's not needed to be killed because his leg is a little bit weak or whatever they think That's, is going on there. That, the, the story in there has to be like, he has a lot of money and he has a will somewhere and they're like, well, you know, dad, I was waiting you, for you his, can't really move anymore. So before the machine is turned on at the end, his widow just turns to the guy standing next to him and just starts making out and be like, this son of a bitch is gone at this point. But <laughs> she just starts yeah. going like this. I, <laughs> money money fingers make, laying make the money rain. hands on the thing. I um I like this one because Well, the reason I think that it ends up being middling is I don't think they ever really get too much into what they want to talk about. And I'm not even really sure what they want to talk about in this, besides the fact mm-hmm. that death is uncertain and no one really knows. And it's another one of these, um, we had ex post facto was the last one where me and you clay, like the final ending scene, uh, even though it doesn't feel like it belongs, it's still like a good scene. I feel the ending scene here is the same. It's, it's a good mm-hmm. scene that I'm like, mm-hmm. are they talking about the same thing that we just watched? Like, is this, is this right. really yeah. what these guys would be talking about? Because, what did Harry? What does Janeway think is Harry Kim's experience—the death that, that he came back from, or just going yeah. to that other world? Yeah, it's it's a tough call because as as I was watching that, as it was playing out, I was like, yeah, I mean, he has died and come back to life. That is something that probably deserves a couple days reflection, uh, a painting's worth of <laughs> reflection, if you will. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I think it kind of feeds into my biggest problem with the episode is that everybody kind of has a point of view in this 
except Janeway. I'm not really sure what Janeway's role is in all of this kind of stuff. She's just sort of there. And to have her be the one who has this conversation with Kim at the end, I feel like she should have been a little bit more forward in some of the discussions and ideas that were going around instead of her just kind of like pointing where been people Kess, should go and stuff. Because Kess befriended that yeah, alien sure. that came yeah. on. Yeah. Yes, that would have been good, yeah. Yeah, it just it gets to a like and I do want to talk about the symbol of like I really loved the idea. It's very simple, but that mm. Kim has to die to come back from the afterlife, like whatever he considers mm. the mm. afterlife or what these people would be considered the afterlife is that he has to die to cross that plane. I thought was kind of neat. Um I I just thought that the ending the ending felt like the writer got to the end and was like, "Shit, I missed the point I was trying to make." Here's the point in this last scene. And it does it's like the the actions of the episode don't really reflect it. I, mostly because I think the scenes between Kim and that guy are pretty fucking boring. Like it's really not that yeah. interesting when he's talking to that guy and I understand that they think it's interesting or this is the idea about um what does it mean to die? What does it mean to where do you go? What happens to you? And Kim is hamstrung because he can't really say anything because of Starfleet. And he also doesn't really know anything because he doesn't know where the fuck he is mm-hmm. or what's going on. So he's he's just stuck there. And I thought that that was the weakest part of it. And so when it gets to the end and Kim is being taught this lesson by Janeway, I go, I don't, I don't think he had a struggle in this episode that he needs to be told anything about this point. He was kind of mm-hmm. just stuck in that room for a while right. and then they got yeah. him out and that was the end of it. It was a stressful get out, but he's, he's back now and he's okay. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of wish that um, he had a different takeaway from like that scene with Janeway. I think part of the the disconnect is like for me anyway, in the way that I think she's used and, and, and plays into the story is that conversation she has with Kim seems like a conversation that's being had from the point of view of someone who has really no idea what Harry Kim just went through. You know, it's, it's sort of like a, a, a general <laughs> it's a Hallmark card. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like a general bedside manner, kind of like take a few days to really think about the experience kind of thing. And so I kind of was hoping there was to be another scene where Harry actually expressed some of what he felt. And I think that's where Kess could have come in because Kess was right there with this other uh, woman who ended up being the one that dies and stuff or, and brought back to life. What if What if the guy... <clears throat> that runs away to the mountains instead actually goes through the procedure for some reason, even though at that point Harry Kim has told him the truth about it. I think that that gives, that gives Kim something to chew about, about like, what did that guy think? Like, why did he do that? And things like that. And he can make the, they can make a, a point about like, it's good for the family. This alien race seems to think that it's good for the family. If this guy dies, they're like, Mm -hmm. they think of it as a a good news that this guy's chosen to, to leave. And they could have played that up. And they don't because that guy just gets away. And so it's, again, it comes back to my, I don't really know what Kim learns here, unfortunately. I don't know. Right, right. Sean? Was tu- was Tuvok in this at all? I'm trying to remember. He is. He runs around he, with Janeway quite a bit in the background. Because he has a lot to say about spirituality. Maybe that's not until we get later into the series. And I kind of felt like a, maybe a little monologue from him would have gone a long way somewhere in this in the episode. Yeah, you don't have a you yeah, don't have a crew members give their their ideas about death or anything moments in this one. Yeah, yeah, especially from him because he is. You are dealing with a question that is one that ultimately defies logic. 
Like, I don't think mm-hmm. kind of the whole thing with that culture is you're kind of talking about how even the most logical people in the world don't know what happens when you die. And so there's no mm-hmm. logical way to really rationalize or irrationalize any um, sort of uh, afterlife thoughts or uh, ceremony around it and stuff like that. So as someone right. who is supposedly as straight down the middle as possible, it would be interesting if he came in with like maybe a little bit about the fact that it's a little bit maybe uh, I don't know what Vulcan funerary rites are like, but it could be something about him talking about Vulcan funerary rites and then acknowledging the fact that it is highly illogical that the Vulcans would have funerary rites being the species that they are. Yeah. But for some reason they still do. Yeah. It comes. Well, I guess this is the question for you. Um, would letting people know what happens when you die be a bad thing? If, like, the truth was discovered, be what it is. Like, say that it's the Christian mm-hmm. heaven actually exists. Say it's the Islamic heaven exists. Whatever the Jews believe. Say it's one of those... better. Say it's one... Or it ends up being we actually do what these people do and we go to an alien asteroid planet. We just sit there and webbing. Is it a bad thing to know the truth in this case? Are, the, are you just hurting people's feelings by, by... Are you actually hurting them by not telling them what actually what goes on in their belief system? I think you're hurting them by disrupting a lot. I mean, think about think about the taxes that the church doesn't pay and like the history of the species given the culture. Whatever We don't even know much about it, but imagine if you told us that. Human beings are supposed to just like... So do we just start charging churches taxes now if we know that there's no such thing as heaven? Uh, what about all these people who revolt, who hate it? What about people who split off in the other direction and claim conspiracy? I mean, I mean, most people wouldn't even believe you anyway. Right, I, I feel think, like that's yeah. a giant wrench in the system. I think that's the problem with the premise that they can damage them is that I don't think they would believe him no matter what. Like if this, if right. this society is built around this idea, you can adapt the truth to fit scripture in that case so it's yeah i i don't know i just think i think it's a positive like i generally think the truth is just kind of a positive so it's interesting to me here that it's like well we have to hide this from these people because they're too stupid to understand exactly like what the problem would be if we told them the truth and also yeah they don't even have to really lie because they can be like well you end up here but then your brain spirit seems to go into the rings and right, we don't really yeah. know what happens after that so there you go yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I feel I was, like telling uh, them the truth uh, about uh, what happens after death would be like giving them a phaser. It's just giving them a technology that they're not ready for. Yeah. Are you treating them like they're stupid? Well, they're not as advanced as you, but they might get there, I think is the generous way that Star Trek would say it. I'm sorry, Clay, I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, no, 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 not at all. Uh, I was just going to say, <clears throat> one of the things that I found really interesting about this episode was it, so when it first started and it and it got into what the actual plot was about how... Um, the society was essentially euthanizing people earlier than need be because that was seen as a uh, a kindness, blah, 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 blah. <clears throat> Excuse me. I kept waiting for the secondary malicious element to be revealed. So like, you know, they were feeding them to a monster or something or yeah, like the planet was batteries. alive. Or, yeah. 
Yeah, like I immediately thought of um, Discovery, the Kelpian stuff on Discovery, mm. where it's like, oh, they they have this belief that uh, at a certain point they have to basically be culled for the good of the species, but it turns out they're being used by this malevolent force, for blah 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 blah, and then for food, know, I think, right? That, they just eat. Yeah, them. in yeah. that case, in that case, the truth is sets them free and is is a is a positive. Yep. But they don't do that here. I think it would be the easy thing to do to do that, but they don't. They leave it completely ambiguous and completely unknown. And so I do think there is that element where it's not as easy of a decision whether or not the truth is the right thing to tell them. Because while you're right, I think you're both right that I think Harry Kim talks to three people, right, maybe, in this whole place. Even if they believed him, they're going to be like, we can't tell anybody about this. Do not say anything. Yes. But <laughs> even even if it, if it does get out, because you get that one guy out there, it's like you don't know what sort of uh repercussions that's going to have because there is no directly um malevolent force that needs to be destroyed by the truth in this situation it's just a belief of a people that you give them evidence that it might that it might not be the way it is and is that really the right thing to do if it ends up like crumbling their societal structure or something but at the same time hmm. they're also killing people unwarrantedly is that, if that's a right, they're, they're killing people early you know? so is the problem there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's a really kind of muddy situation, and I really like that they're just like, we're just going to put this all out here and kind of let you you sit with it for a bit. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, Sean, I'll ask you, I find all of this very fascinating, but I find the episode disjointed, and I don't know if it's actually thinking about any of this, but it's just it's thrown together yeah. ingredients that make a really fascinating stew, but it's not sure what to do besides <laughs> stir them around a little bit. Yeah, um, that's fair. Would you... Yeah. I guess you would agree with that, but is there... Is that a flaw, or is it an interesting aspect of the episode for you? Uh, for me, I I like more definite answers, I don't like open endings and it's like, what do you think about it, viewer? Um, But I can see a lot of people liking it being open-ended, especially when you're dealing with something as personal and as complex (laughs) as religion. So the way they handled it is probably smart, especially for the time. Um, I'd like to see more divisions in the crew and where they align on this because it's kind of a gray area with the uh, Mm. Prime Directive. And I thought maybe there'd be some nice uh, drama between characters disagreeing with each other, but that's a different episode. Not too um, much at stake, really, because it's just Kim. You know, right. the ship That's isn't true. really it's in just... danger. They try to they try to make it seem yeah. dangerous. They're like, "There's dead bodies coming in everywhere." That's <laughs> like that well, was not hilarious. Really doing anything. That was hilarious. Once the, once the, the <laughs> vacuole or whatever just started dumping corpses on the bridge. <laughs> I I thought that was really ever... funny. And they're like, "Up, oh, we got another one." Just fell out of sick bay into the engine room. <laughs> Were they were they supposed to be saying that the danger was that what one of the bodies is going to hit the warp engine? Is that what they were afraid of happening it's, and it was going to blow it up or something? Something about it was the, attracted. It was, yeah, I was just saying something it was about attracted the, the, to the, the cell. Sorry. Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, because it has your thing, Clay. Your your least favorite thing is unnecessary movement. They leave and then the ship just comes back two minutes later. That's to the true. Well, yeah, ring. see, yeah. yes, I don't like. That I would technically call necessary movement because they did have to come back to necessary for a stupid, a stupid reason. Yeah, it, it yeah. ultimately doesn't accomplish well, anything. Yeah, what it what I did like though was 
when you say it's it's uh, it's just Harry, there is even that point in the episode where uh, I think Torres is like, "We've got ten minutes, we got to go," and then Janeway's like, "Well, let's go." Let's not even wait around. Let's not. Yeah, <laughs> let's not give a few minutes. Yeah, they were the other. The other thing that I actually really liked about it too was by the end of the episode, you don't even have any idea where he is or where he went. It's not like, you know, he knows how far he went and either once he they, got sucked they never into bring that it thing, up. it's just you no idea. They never find out where he is. He just comes back and it's just kind of it. I thought I thought the episode should have ended with back on that um that planet with those aliens and they're like well, wow, that was a hell of a thing. We can't let all that bad news get out. And they look out and they're like on a, a moon base or something. The Earth is just standing right there. Yes. And it's like Harry Kim almost made it home. He just hadn't looked yes. out the window. Yes, yeah. That the the pod that they put people in, it looks like a metal beach bag. Yep. Did this culture invent that to with the tubules or whatever? Like it's sort of a transporter in a way. Did they invent this thing or does this thing like tied with some natural phenomenon that dumps these bodies out on meteors? They found those wormholes, those little wormholes, and then they built this base around yeah. those things for well, whatever reason. Okay. Yeah, okay. it's unclear if I think it's it it's more of a uh, um, ceremonial thing than anything else. Like this is going to happen in that area regardless, like that sort of transportation. Right. And they built this, they built this sarcophagus around it. That is also essentially like a, you know, a cow puncher inside of it to kill you and then send you (laughs) on your way. (laughs) Is, Is that what that, those things do? Those kill you? That was the point of that? I think so. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. they they actively kill you. They don't just like get you out of here and you die on that that planet or whatever. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. This episode gave me an idea for a great cheap spinoff. I'm curious what you guys will think of. The whole time, I just couldn't shake the fact like this is just a giant violation of the Prime Directive. I kind of want to see a Star Trek series that's a, basically a court show that's going over cases for the Prime Directive, but it's sort of shot like Night Court. <laughs> and you would be able to like revisit TNG episodes from the 80s and be able to, t- you know, you have these like hard hitting dramas for Jack Nicholson and like, this is why this is illegal. This is why blah, blah, blah. And like, I don't know how you would get these actors to come back and de-age them. But <laughs> I think it'd be interesting to see just like a court case thing in Star Trek and think of how cheap that would be. Do you find the Prime Directive an interesting uh, topic, really? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's fun to throw around for sure. Yeah. I find it broken. In a lot of ways, and maybe that's what makes it oh, yeah. interesting. But it's, um, yeah, I don't like. Uh, yeah, Voyage has been a confused version of the Prime Directive so far. I hate the TNG version of the Prime Directive. I think DS Nine plays with yeah. it very little or appropriately, and Enterprise didn't yeah. really know what the hell was going on with the Prime Directive either. So I, right. Voyage, I would sum it up as the, their Prime Directive is. It's very similar to their concern about replicator rations. They bring it up kind of when they need to, and it's not. Yeah, super important to them. Um, yeah, I would argue that the show could actually focus on why it doesn't matter to them because they're yeah. pretty far away from everything, and sometimes yeah. you just got to do what you got to do. I yeah. um, I was have always wondered why they don't have that conversation more because, like you know, I think the thing that all three of us would probably like more from the show is more tension between the Starfleet guys and the and the Marquis guys. And that just seems like such yeah. a great singular point to have division over yeah. where, you know, you are, as we talked about before, Janeway kind of presents as like maybe a newer captain who is trying to do things as by the book as possible. 
and she's half of her crew now mm-hmm. are essentially pirates. And so having them so far away from home, it really kind of puts pressure, or it should anyway, puts pressure on some of these ideas that Starfleet holds on to. And yeah. does Janeway just go go down the line and be like, nope, prime directive this. We can't do that because of X, Y, and Z. But when you've got Chakotay yeah. there being like, listen, I understand what you're saying. We are 75,000 light years away from anything. We I'm need eating to replicator get home. rations, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> We're not flying into another nebula so you can get coffee. Yeah. 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 That's a good point. The only reason I had this tattoo on my face is someone paid me to do it because I needed rations. <laughs> if I shave my head, it actually says, fuck you. The Mac, um, the Mac here set it's up. It's funny. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, uh, I think a lot of people tend to think of Janeway as the most Kirk-like out of all the captains. And, Interesting. Uh, okay. She seems fine breaking some rules as we move forward. In fact, Chakotay is the one that's kind of hitting the brakes, and she's the one that's hitting the gas. And uh, eventually they do much time, so much time travel, and they realize that this, oh, uh, she comes up with a temporal prime directive. Like oh. she realizes the prime directive should apply to time travel as well and how it affects them and how they're affecting others. And uh, yeah. it's it's a lot, it's it's pretty good actually. And uh, it definitely affects the finale as well. But um, yeah, the, the writers eventually realized, man, there's a lot of time travel in Voyager. And I think most of it's well done, but they decided to address it and they created the temporal prime directive. And then they created that like, uh, that like, uh, clandestine uh team like team five or what is it called clay because they're making a show out of that oh section 31 thank you section 31 and so, yeah uh, it's, it's the section 31 activity is tied to the temporal prime directive at some point it, it gets pretty good oh, this is all like season okay. five sorry to bury the lead the, the <laughs> it's fine i have one question for everybody before we probably go because it's been 40 minutes um what would what could someone tell you that you wouldn't want to know? And and how these aliens are told something they don't want to know about it because it would shatter their universe. I'm just trying to think of what someone, unless it was like, I don't even know. Like the worst thing I can come up, there's nothing universe shattering, but there would be like someone's true opinion of me. But even then, I'd be like. Oh, that kind of hurts, but I'm all right with it, I guess. <laughs> I, I can't think of anything that would shatter my worldview in that way. But I'm curious if anybody anybody knows any anybody can think anything um, about that. What if we told you we knew when you were going to die? Would you want to know that? I was actually thinking about that the other day. I just because you were sitting there surrounded by the chaos of a house full of three young children and you were just like, when am I going to die? I was like, I wish I would die. I wish this was the day. <laughs> um, I, no, I don't think I do want to know when I would die. I don't think I would want to know. Would you want to know yeah. how you died and not that when? No, I don't want to know any of it. Okay. Just, just make it a surprise. <laughs> I like, I think that just ruins the, because I do like the stoic idea, the philosophy of like treat every moment as if it's the last time you're going to be doing something. I think it's like a good way to go through life and it sort of reconfigures your mindset and stuff. And I think if you knew that, it puts pressure on those moments in a way that isn't helpful, really. So, well, I, I don't think yeah, I, I would. I, I do find it. I do. I don't think I would want to know either. But on the other hand, it's like I think that brings up a lot of 
interesting fate questions because if someone from the future or someone an omniscient force or something told you when you the the when and how you're going to die would you just take the brakes off until then and just be like well fuck it let's just do here's, some crazy shit because i'm not going to die for another 30 years or all I would is ask. that like a like what ahead, is that ahead, is that is that line unbreakable <clears throat> or is everything you do driving to that point no matter how crazy it is so like you you can't actually kill yourself before that point or uh yeah. you know it, it brings up some interesting questions i would just ask the genie or whatever I would say, do I have enough retirement savings to retire right now? <laughs> yeah, I want to get down to zero and then I, my heart gets I don't out. want any of this money to go to waste. <laughs> I don't want it sitting in some Vanguard target fund. I just want this to come back to me yeah. and I'll do what I want. Yeah. If I, if I don't I, want my kids to have right, it. I don't I, want their kids to have it. If I budget this <laughs> I don't out, want to leave them zero. can I ride this out and not work? How willing should I be to take on more and more debt at this right. point? Right. Should I sign this mortgage? Is that is this an appropriate mortgage to sign for me <clears> right <throat> now? Mm-hmm. So you can't yeah. no, nothing anybody could think of that you'd be shocked, disturbed to learn the truth about the lizard people, the Illuminati. I anything? think like oh, that man. wouldn't really Flatter. that wouldn't really bother <laughs> me. Yeah, I mean, well, I think about that. That's one of the things I find fascinating <clears throat> about all that stuff about the flat Earth and whatnot. Is like that's one of those things where. If you were to be told that tomorrow and shown in irrefutable evidence that the Earth was flat, does that really change anything as far as the world goes? Not really. No. That's that's why my favorite conspiracy theories are the ones that are ultimately incredibly low stakes because people go so hard for them, and then it's like, all right, let's say for a second you're you're correct. I'm still yeah. going to work tomorrow. You know, it does. I, I just found out who really wrote Shakespeare. I still got to yep. figure out how to make money and go to my job. Well, I, the other <laughs> uh, the other side of it is if you ask for some truth and it turns out to be what you know, you've wasted your wish. Like if you're like, right. is, it worth, is yeah. the world round? He goes, yes, it is. You go, fuck, I, I knew that. <laughs> I, I, wasted, I wasted my wish. That's too bad. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm try- I, can't, I can't think of anything that would re- like... No, it's all just personal stuff. I can't think of anything that would because I'm not it's not really about knowing the future, you know? It's not about knowing what's right. gonna happen to you. It's about some kind of like how that would shift your and I guess that comes down to just my question about the episode <laughs> is whether or not like this is another Voyager episode, I think, Clay, where um I think they could have made multiple versions of this. And I think there are some that are more interesting, some that are less interesting, but it's like it's this fog of an idea that I think they could have sat with and you, maybe they'll come back to it. But you can pull a lot of stuff out of this. And where they ended up, eh, it's kind of just down the middle for me eventually, unfortunately. But yeah. eh, it's good enough. Yeah. 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 We, do you guys rate these too? We do. Yes. Do you, are you going mm-hmm. to head yeah. out after this? So, Sean, we'll take your rating. No, I was, I'm going to go with three out of five, just middle for me. Some good stuff, some bad stuff. Um, gets extra points for really trying to do some big ideas, but your whole your whole description of it's sort of a a salad with a lot of ingredients or soup, whatever, mm. and they just kind of start around a little bit. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that's fair. That's fine. I think there's other episodes that tackle this sort of thing better in this series and in TNG. Um, like if you want an episode that talks about this stuff, I think I can have better um, candidates than this one. Yeah. 
I, I asked you if you were rating just in case you have to go, but I would agree that it's like um, like Half a Life is good in TNG, but it's kind of different. I thought this was actually a pretty unique Star Trek um, yeah. idea execution. Like they've talked about death before and stuff like that, but I don't think I'd ever yeah. seen one played this way where the Star right, Trek-y yeah. like transporter, I don't know where the hell I am thing kind of plays into it in a non-personal uh, yeah, yeah. way. It's interesting. Yeah, we'll go through comments. If you have to take off, you can take off. But that's it for. Sure. Oh, I do want to say one. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. Go, go ahead if you have it. I was gonna say just because I've been listening to you guys, I want to uh, defend Tom Harris for a second. Sure. Um, oh, I think boy. I agree with you. Here like, we go. He's, they're they're. You know what? Trying I know the truth. A, the truth I a... <laughs> don't want to hear is I don't want to hear whatever he has to say about Tom Paris. <laughs> sorry. Go ahead, Sean. I. Uh, I they tried to make him a rebel badass, but that actor just doesn't pull that off. And I think that this right. character will find his footing when he becomes like a 1950s fanboy. He gets really into like old <laughs> Doctor Who episodes, and he starts using the holodeck to make black and white episodes, and it's some pretty fun stuff. Like to me, he makes more sense in the later seasons than he does now. But it's fun seeing the evolution of him. And I also agree that uh, Neelix is annoying, and I think you'll find him mostly annoying through the whole series. But he is eventually balanced with like a uh, uh, not a mean streak, but he can be very edgy when he needs to be. And the uh, okay. relationship with him and Tuvok is probably one of the best in the, the series. He's and not Tess in this episode like, either. Hearing <laughs> another another, hear, ep- another episode know. where Neelix is not present uh, throughout the proceedings. <laughs> another reason why I loved it, I think. <clears throat> yeah, I know. You're you're right to think that he's only only annoying right now because he doesn't really add anything else. And uh, I didn't realize how great of a character the Doctor was until I heard you guys talk about it. Because you're right, he is amazing and. Um, he's always one of my favorites, but he sort of came f- formed amazing. Like he didn't eventually yeah. mm-hmm. get good. He's always been like him and Tuvok have always been pretty solid coming out of the gate, you know? Yeah. They're strongly, I would say they're, they're the best actor match for their character. Like the, the, the actor yeah, is yeah. doing all the work when we don't really know too much about them. Like the doctor, you don't know much about the yeah. doctor outside of like what you can intellectually comprehend about him you're like well he's not a real person but for some reason he seems real and no one treats him like he's a real person which is strange uh and tuvox yeah. is just doing a spock impersonation but that's enough for me to make him one of my favorites yeah, honestly. <laughs> yeah. it's fine <laughs> i mean yeah. we're coming off of enterprise cool. again i know people like some people like enterprise but it's like i couldn't yeah. tell you anything about those characters we watched four years of that show and i don't know what i don't know what they're talking about yeah i've seen a few ep- enterprises one that was like a pretty good borg episode yes um Mm-hmm. But I had a hard time getting past the song, honestly. And I know it's a dumb thing to get hung up on, but uh, nope, yeah, totally I was in reasonable. college when it came out, and I was, <laughs> that was okay. <laughs> well, it's better than knowing right. the truth, which is that it's the it's like the greatest TV show of all time, and you just couldn't get past the wire. That would be your genie truth. They'd be like, Sean, you'd really love Enterprise if you sat down and yeah. watched it. That's out of the- <laughs> is this how I kill myself, genie? Just thinking about doing it. <laughs> but Sean, you it'll be your favorite show, but you'll die before the finale on your Netflix stream. It's like, well, this is just this is just awful. All right. Oh my god. Let's go to Patreon. All right, comments guys. Then. Thanks for having me as a guest. I'll sure. see you guys later. Good to see you. Have yeah, a good thanks, one. Sean. You too. See you. Talk to you soon. All right, Clay. We're here. It's just the two of us again. Just the two mm. of us, which is appropriate for Will Smith just smacked um Chris Rock. <laughs> <laughs> we're about man, 10 weeks out of that but man we're still talking about did it. you ever think you would see anything as fucking crazy as that 
Like no, without, it's just like something is without repercussions. That's as crazy as that. Yeah. Like, it's not the Oklahoma City bombing or anything, but it's no, like, no, of course. But you know, yeah. it's just like of it's one of those things that is so wild that even though it is pretty objectively was real. There are many people who think it was staged, like it was a wrestling match, which I yeah. also love because I, everything is wrestling, and you just learn that as you go through life. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just it's just such a Will Smith, one of the the last great movie star, got up on stage and smacked the shit out of one of the guys at the Oscars, <laughs> and, no and then he won the fucking Best Actor award. Yeah, it's and they I don't know it's 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 wild. Yeah, maybe the truth will have come out in the time since we are recording this and when people are going to hear it. But yeah, we're uh, the Chris Rock thing as we're recording this just happened like yesterday or something, two days yeah. ago or whatever it was. So, That's the truth. That's the mm-hmm. truth I don't want to know now. It is. I know that. It's like if I don't want to know that that was a work. <laughs> I want kayfabe to exist in, in life. <clears throat> Thanks, everybody, for listening today. Thanks to Sean for joining us. That was good. Sean's a big defender of Voyager, and he wanted to get his uh, thoughts about emanations. He chose an episode that he's lukewarm on, which uh, which is funny, but <laughs> he'll probably be back in the future for another one. So let's talk about the patrons who support this show and supported emanations. Thanks, everybody, for supporting the show. If you want to support the show, patreon.com slash the Penske Files is the best way to do it. We're still covering Picard, I assume. If we're not, we're getting close to strange new worlds. So thanks very much for supporting us and getting to listen to that. Clay and Amanda have their continuing coverage of all the Stephen King second stringers. And then there's mm-hmm. some badass stuff rolling out too. So Sean is on the Patreon for that. Whatever you guys are talking about, we'll catch up at the end. Special thank you goes to... Ben Douglas, Tark Latif, Andrew Sherlock, Joint Mango, Kyle Barrett, Christian Pouch, Mike Burnett, Matthew Ross, Michael Pond, Mike Cutler, Brandon Howells, Nick Sergi, Grim Santo, Sean Bradley Killens, Dwayne Hackett, Vault 13 Hero, Kevin Reyes, Jordan Cooper, Darth Mosk, Russell Elledge, Stephen Minton, HH28, Dark Zajac, Paul Roscoe, Jig123, Patrick Siba, Dave Davies, Point Extra G, Perry Wallace, Barry Wallace, Jamie Crow, Captain Brazen, Eric Antoine, Jakey's Gamer, Kevin Lowry, Nick the Rat, William Scheisler, Rahan Jaffer, Grapple John Zorn, Zane Majors, Olivia Pardur, Tom Hickey, Jose Hunter, ZW Nuffer Remixes, Captain McMunchausen, James McLennan, Disbrother Jonas, Tommy Tango, Admiral Nakamura, Edmark Starr, The Second Page Says, Tuvix Must Die, Chris McLaughlin, Royo, Jeremy Boudreau, Rage for the Machine, J-Man, The Undiscovered Mugato, Robbie Duffield, Daniel Adam, Will Clay, Atanga Udom. Thank you very much, everybody, for supporting the show, making this month of Patreon a rip-roaring success. All right, Clay. Patreon comments. There's 16 of them. Mm-hmm. Norman Buckwell wow. says, this Holy is probably shit. the episode where some of Chicote's insistence of respecting the dead comes off as unintentionally comical. Janeway does not handle first contact well with an alien who hoped she was in heaven. As for Harry Kim's dilemma in the other dimension or whatever, it was handled. It was in handling the aliens there uh, that le- at least made the story novel. Still, I admit this is an episode that I see had promised, but the execution was less to be than to be desired, which unfortunately is a theme that's going to come up with some Voyager episodes from time to time. 2.5 mummies out of 5. James McLennan says, There's a skeleton of a good episode here, mummified under a thick layer of meh. Some of the ideas that the characters wax philosophical about are interesting, but it's not enough to salvage the fact that the plot itself is nearly non-existent. 1.5 afterlifes out of 5. Wow. Matt Ross says, Star Trek has always had a weird relationship to death and religion, being both agnostic and very religious throughout various series. This one episode, again, does display both beliefs leaning more on agnosticism. The alien culture's belief of the afterlife and their 
odd location of a burial, and at the same time, how they can become a necessary mineral was a bit disturbing. Harry being trapped was also unsettling, but less than the revived alien. The questions of when to die and the reluctant Haddle's desire for more time and life and a break from religious doctrine raises interesting concepts that made me think and question as well. A story that left me a little bit disturbed. Four corpses out of five. Wide swath of opinions um, about this one. Yeah. I do find the... also wide swath of approaches to death in star trek very fascinating because you've got this episode which brings up a lot of questions and kind of lets you just sort of sit in them and then you've also got star trek five where i guess it's less death and more just like afterlife afterlife and deities and stuff where you get um representatives from multiple planets multiple races and and uh alien races that all have an idea of what god is and they think they're on the way to meet him yeah and you get to the point where even spock is like holy shit i think this is god and then captain kirk rolls in like now fuck this guy (laughs) basically unplugs him and he's like see it's all fake what would god need for this is um What would God need with a starship is great um, album cover, album title. It's a great album. It's actually, it's probably one of the best Star Trek single lines of dialogue, right? Like it sums up the series in a lot of ways. It's a good Star Trek line. Um, I think people kind of make, maybe they don't make fun of it, but it's it's always seen as kind of a a parodied line or whatever, but I really like it. A Latte Librarian says, this episode is like a good sci-fi short story. Death rituals are a huge part of culture, and Star Trek doesn't often explore them in depth. Neat idea with decent execution for afterlife asteroids out of five. Eric McGowan, I don't think Garrett Wang is really able to sell the material here, which is the primary flaw of the app. Other than that, I still find this episode to be on the dull side. Royo says, it's kind of understated, but Chakotay really makes an ass of himself at the start of this one when he insists that scanning with tricorders would disturb the sanctity of the burial site, but he insists on visual observation only, which requires physically strolling through dead bodies, as we find out. He also declares the lack of clothes <laughs> on the dead as a sign the race doesn't believe in uh, dressing the deceased, and the lack of objects, a sign that they don't believe in worldly goods that can be taken into the afterlife, when we learn later that they wrap themselves in their own family death shroud, pass down generation to generation, and they don't know what happened to their bodies. Not only is Chakotay's anti-technology stance more invasive to the dead and starves the expedition of information, the theories he pulls out of his ass are comically full of shit. Garrett Wang's, Garrett Wang's acting is really poor here. He can only tell us he's chilled to the bone, and he can't actually emote it, making this the first of the painfully mediocre episodes that would plague Voyager's run. There might be something to say about religion cheapening the value of life by downplaying death, but I'm not touching that with a 12-foot science pole. Two out of five. Well, see, what I find interesting about that, though, is like I think it's possible for Chakotay just to be wrong and and for it not to be wrong in like a dumbly written way. It's just that he's just wrong because I think one of the running things in this episode is that Nobody knows what they're talking about about anything. Yeah, Janeway doesn't know what's going on. The the alien races don't know what going what's going on. Chakotay doesn't know what's going on. Everybody has their own brings their own kind of stuff to the table. Also, we didn't mention that the guy who is the lead alien priest or whatever okay. is yeah. um uh Jerry Harden who is uh Deep Throat from the X-Files. It's a oh, great great TV actor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like, you know, and, and the idea of Janeway kind of 
beef in it when it comes to handling the situation. It's like, I kind of don't mind that because I, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't become a plot point, obviously. So I, you can debate whether or not that's on purpose or maybe it's just not written super well. But yeah. like, I don't know. I kind of, this is a situation where everybody's kind of wrong about everything. And so it, it, it interests me in that way. Yeah. I, it's one of those, um, it's one of those episodes that I wonder how much of the intent makes it through. And it's more just like the, the knuckleball just like kind of fluttered over the plates and you're like, wow, that actually ended up mm. in the mitt. Like that's, that's kind of fascinating. Yeah. Cause I, I would agree. I think it's like, it's metaphorically maybe more interesting than it is in execution, I think is the problem. With sure. It. Like it has these really yeah. great ideas that are neat and like, you know, Chicote talking about that stuff, even, even because Chicote talking about the, Native American stuff is like, wow, this is really hacky stuff right here. But at the same time, it's it ties into everything. So it's it's interesting right, at yeah. the same time as it is kind of hacky. It's it's weird. Jonas says, Emanations, this will never do. One out of five. Wow. Who next to G. Okay. Contrasting the theological beliefs of life and death with the soul and the cold hard science of Star Trek is something very ripe for storytelling. This episode takes the we don't really know avenue, and Voyager does another much better version of this later in its run. Chicote's concern about disturbing a culture burial ritual I'm having a hard time saying burial. Burial rituals is one of the few things they managed to get right about his Native American roots, and we may as well start the official tally for number of times that Harry Kim dies. Well, it's at Ooh, one. Interesting. We'll put, little, okay. put, we'll put one up on the screen. Cal Barrett says, Emanations, there are a few things I love in fiction more than giant spiders, so I don't appreciate the fake out with all the webbing at the start of the episode. But I do like the general concept of this one, and despite being a massive atheist, although not in an arrogant, dickish, Ricky Gervais type way, I like exploring the reasons why people <laughs> have certain belief systems. This episode begins to do that, and there's some interesting discussions and perspectives, but it bites off more than it can chew, and it nev- never ends up saying anything, ending, ending on an ambiguous note that feels disappointingly passive rather than poignant. And of course, Harry Kim dies. He was like a candle in the wind, fucking useless. Three extra nostrils out of five. That um that might actually have been my favorite part of the Will Smith Chris Rock discourse is a is like immediately after it happened everybody was like doing wrist exercises ready to swing at Ricky Gervais the next time he hosts something <laughs> which is like okay I, I I yeah I I always liked Gervais hosting I always I always thought he was, mm. I thought it was pretty funny he's like, maybe maybe he's not perfect did he ever host the Oscars or was it just Golden Globes uh. I think just the Golden Globes, yeah. He's good for the Golden Globes because no one really cares about it. So it's like right. it's a good enough time to roast. I don't even know if people and care he, about the Oscars because all we're talking about is Will, Slips, Will Smith slapping somebody. So it's like I'm not going to see the movie that won Best Picture. I don't think, you know, it's, it's that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, he, uh, uh, he also, I think, recognizes how ridiculous what he's doing is. That they Smith have or Gervais? All these... Gervais, that they have all these uh, <clears throat> hoity-toity award ceremonies, so he yeah. just goes there and just, you know, pisses on everything. Yeah. I don't find Gervais that annoying, really. Maybe he's, maybe it's different for Britain because he's over there more, mm-hmm. or maybe he's more prominent of a... Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I still have the office, so I can't, I can't hold that against him. Uh, <laughs> what the hell was Kyle saying? I thought there was some... I was going to make some point, but maybe I'm not going to make a point. No, I'm not going to make a point. Um, 
Benjamin Espinosa says, super heady, dark ruminations on the afterlife, soul-crushing realization that there is no afterlife, just a dusty cave set up on Paramount's back lot. This script is classic Trek all the way, heartbreaking yet hopeful at the same time. I don't recall the first season of Voyager being this strong. Five space vacuoles out of five. Oh, interesting. Powerful. All right. Uh, Aaron Million says, I'm not sure why Chakotay was so concerned about disturbing burial grounds as he walked around in them, but this one was good track, showcasing someone who didn't want to but was being forced to conform to what a society dictates he do. It also made me think, how would I feel about that if I lived in a culture like that? Four vacuoles out of five. It is a thinking episode. It's interesting. Grapple John Zorn yeah. says, Emanations, you keep using that word. I do not think it means what you think it means really i looked it up <laughs> minus one bad multicultural minus one for bad multiculturalism minus one for spatial anomalies minus one for not even getting around to writing synonyms for the main techno babble refrain two out of five is it emanations that's not being used correctly i think emanations is used uh, somewhat correctly here let me see let me look it up here emanations an abstract but perceptible thing that issues or originates from a source. Yeah. I, that that I mean, seems right, right? Yeah. It's their like their spirits yeah, are emanating right from the enough. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know. Maybe he's talking about something else. We'll go onward. Undiscovered Mugato says, such a great premise, I could almost see it as a novel. Voyager does okay with it. Here's what I want to know, though. When Cenotaph kills you and transports you, you're naked, right? And when you die, certain things loosen that means harry kim beamed into the hallway on voyager prostate and completely naked in front of his co-workers most likely shitting himself <laughs> good thing starfleet are consummate <laughs> professionals i bet the maquis left three desecrated alien corpses out of five it's true yeah the the naked thing is weird because <clears throat> the fact that he manages to get out of there by wrapping himself in the shroud implies that it only transports organic matter, really. Yeah, the shred right? stays behind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's a little weird because I the the I I thought maybe they took it off them or something as they after they put them in the in the right uh, the sarcophagus, but that would have been uh, bad for Harry if that if they did that. Well, I just one other thing I thought was funny. Uh, you could tell that this guy and his wife had not been intimate in a while because she did not realize that her husband weighed five times what he weighs normally mm-hmm. when, when Harry Kim is in that thing. Couldn't they have picked an actor who is basically the same body size as Kim to make that a little bit more believable? Yeah. He's so small compared yeah. to him that it's like, this is not the same mummy that you've got here. Yeah. yeah. Rahan Jaffer says, anthropology is the study of humans. Commander Sharpie face is just making shit up as he goes along. Hey, Clay, there's a spider on your shoulder. Ah, I made you look. Cost me three sentences, but Ah, it was worth it. Three, Three, shut up about your people, Chicotes, out of five. Two more comments. Changeling says, I like this mind F as a premise. Basically, what if an angel tells you God is dead and heaven is a lie? Could you have done without the... Could have done without the cheap. We can only stay for this amount of time because engines drama. They already have to go home. Isn't that enough? Also, brain cancer makes it easier to cure your death. When there's no room left in planet hell, the Harrys will walk the earth. Four family members voting for me to kill myself out of five. <laughs> Brandon Howell says, I have a question about this one. Why do the Venori have thanatologists, which is an earth word? And how does Haddle's ceremonial death shroud get to him if his father and grandfather are on one of the asteroids? 
Well, they don't. It stays behind. It's one of those strange things. This story would have worked better with someone other than Harry Kim being the one taken. And hey, there's Deep Throat from the X-Files in another Star Trek episode. 2.5 Garrily trees out of five. I think I pronounced that right. Thanks, everybody. The the Thanatologist thing stood out to me as well, but I always chalk that stuff up to just... What's a Thanatologist? I don't know, but it's just a very... uh, Something to do with the study of thanatos i guess yeah death Um, scientific study of death there we go okay yeah um i just chalk that stuff up to like well the idea here is universal translator blah 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 blah, Mm -hmm. so it doesn't that stuff never really bothers me they have their own god that they're naming their science after and it's saying you know this is a thesaurus for this guy it's it's the god of death yep thanks patrons for leaving your thoughts about this episode called emanations we're now going to rate it so what'd you think, Clay? You like this one? Is this enough to? You said it was your favorite of the season. Is it enough to give it a five? Mm-hmm. Or are you gonna you gonna cool it off a little bit there? No, I'm gonna go with a four. Mm. Um, I really really like this, and like I think about Enterprise, and I I it's I know it's unfair to keep comparing these two shows, or maybe it's not. I don't know. We'll but, run out of gas out of doing I, this eventually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in this case. I think about Dear Doctor, which was, I think, I gave that a five, I think. I don't remember five. if you gave it a five. No, I did not. Um, and I thought, I, I, my brain was doing more like long-form theoretical thinking about concepts and ideas in this episode than anything presented to me in Dear Doctor. Like, Dear Doctor's <laughs> good. Like, it's got yeah, the it's- one... It's, it's got the one core concept they're kind of doing their thing with, and they do it really well. But this is just, I, you know, if if you've listened to this show for a long time, you know that I tend to value bigger swings that don't totally connect versus the ones that are just kind of like fine. Mm-hmm. Like I'm 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 much more forgiving to a big swing that doesn't quite nail it. I think this is a big swing. And I think it nails it in a very specific kind of way. Um, I would agree that I don't think it is as complete an episode as it could be, but I do think the the attempt is interesting enough for me to to give it a high grade. Because, like I said, I I I couldn't think of another episode like this that I'd seen in a long time on Star Trek that was. You know, just bringing a lot of interesting concepts and a lot of interesting conflicts that weren't necessarily completely wrapped up by the end of the episode. Yeah. Um, and it's yeah, it just it just made me it, it made me engage with it in a way that these shows haven't in a while. Yeah, I, I would. I would agree. It's it's um. It's a it's a it's a weird one because the sprawl is so crazy like the the the, mm-hmm. the the places that it chooses to go is really um out there and unfocused and kind of messy but at the same time it's an interesting um it's an interesting take on things that we just you don't see or we haven't seen from the show yeah. in a long time i'm assuming you're going to give it a four then in that case i don't know if you said that and i just yes. missed it yeah if i i think i said i don't know if i didn't yes i give it a four i don't would i because my thing is always would i show this to somebody 
And I wonder about mm. this episode being that case, like whether because I think that I would show Eye of the Needle to somebody because I think that's a pretty a pretty solid episode of Voyager and everything. But mm. it's tough. I do think I want to reward it. I'll, I'll say this is a four. Um, if this is pro- I'll, this would probably be one of the episodes this season that I would suggest to show to somebody just because of how fascinating um, yeah. I thought that was. I do just have a problem. It's it's kind of a weak four because I do think that I, I think that just the Harry on the planet stuff is not very good. It's not strong enough mm. to really deserve the amount of time that they spend there with those two characters with Harry yeah. and that alien who's dying. Yeah. But outside yeah. of that, I thought I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. I'll give it a four. We'll both give it fours. Emanations, a decent episode of Star Trek Voyager. Thanks, everybody, for listening. If you enjoyed the show, patreon.com slash the Penske file. The best way to support us, patreon.com slash the Penske file. Clay, do you have anything you want to say before we head out of here? Yeah, as Wes mentioned on Patreon, Amanda and myself, uh, the Rotten Horror Picture Show team, are covering the second string, as we call it, of Stephen, Stephen King adaptations. Uh, January was It Chapter 2, February was Silver Bullet, March was Salem's Lot, uh, April will be uh, Needful Things. Hmm. So that's kind of the path we're going there. Um, Rounding out in December with the 1990 adaptation of It, which I'm very much looking forward to. (laughs) There's also a couple um, badass-related Patreon episodes up there now, Sean and I talking about uh, The Batman and also the two of us talking about the uh, Red Hood comic that we're working on together. Sean's newest chapter of his White Knight saga has just started hitting shelves. And uh, he and I worked on a spinoff about Jason Todd, the Red Hood, that'll be coming out. Uh, I don't think there's an official date yet. It's some sometime in like August or September or something like that. So if you want to hear us talk about that, that's where you can find it. Cool. Sounds good. Thanks, everybody. <clears throat> As always, patreon.com slash the Penske file. Get all that stuff. There's more podcasts on the Patreon than there are on the main feeds at this point. So head over there. Wow, that's crazy. That's it. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks for leaving your thoughts about emanations. The next one is, I don't know if I can pull it up quick enough. I always do this. I don't really know why I do, but it's called Prime Factors. So some math for everybody. Thanks very much. We'll see you later. (laughs) 